Good afternoon and welcome. You're listening to the Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media, the podcast professionals. These are the stories of Australia's men and women, of the coaches that we entrust with the development of, the, of our players and teams. And in the main, these stories haven't been told. We're lucky enough today to have the Melbourne Victory Women's Head Coach, Jeff Hopkins, with us. Welcome, Jeff. Great okay. to have you on board. Let me just give people a, a little bit of a background um, because you've had a you've had obviously a wonderful playing career and coaching career. So this is not about playing, but if, if we talk about your playing career, and I, I've got a good remind me to come back to how a Welsh lad ends up signing with Fulham because that's a that's an interesting question. <laughs> but Jeff had a, a distinguished playing career, playing in the, the EFL uh, across in the UK with Fulham over two hundred games with Crystal Palace seventy games there. 131 games of Reading. So that's a stellar career before heading into Asia and then ending up down in Gippsland, which is a fair, a fair change of things, where um, came as a player, ended up um, as a player coach um, until Gippsland Falcons were relegated. Um, and then has had a wonderful career um, coaching, obviously, at Melbourne Victory with a, with a couple of championships there now, at Brisbane Raw with a couple of championships there. Um, had some time with the youth team at Brisbane Raw, assistant coach with a with the A League team, um, and as well. Sorry, Jeff, I forgot to mention also an international with Wales under twenty one and senior level. So, welcome along, Jeff Hopkins, a distinguished football career. Yeah, it's, uh, that the playing career seems a long, long time ago. Actually, <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it was actually quite funny the, the other day. One of my players uh, sent me a. Uh, a video of an own goal I scored. So, uh, and and it was it was just about when color color TVs were coming as well. So it was actually <laughs> so not not quite that long ago. Yeah, yeah the the advent of um, of social media um, means there's nowhere to hide if there was such a thing as a camera or, or a photographer around. It's um it's amazing what people can dig up, isn't it? Yeah, it is, and most probably uh, you know there's uh. uh even 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 more so nowadays you can't get away with anything now so there's cameras everywhere that you look or there's phones everywhere you look so yeah i'm uh, sometimes I, I i kind of feel for the the modern day player there's uh, a yeah. there's nowhere to hide for them no so before we before we jump in boots and all how does a, a good swansea lad that maybe could have ended up playing rugby or singing in a choir because they're two strong welsh pastimes how does a swansea lad end up down in in London and and now talking with the remnants of a of a lovely London accent there still how did, how did all that come about yeah well I, I was I was born in Swansea we uh, I, I but only lived there for maybe I think a year and a half before we moved we moved up into the Reading area um, oh, okay. 40 odd miles um, west of west of London and I spent most of my time in in that Reading area um, uh, before moving back to to Wales, just just for, for one year when I was I think ten or eleven, um, and yeah, it was um, yeah. So although I, I saw myself as as Welsh, and I, I'm now I guess I'm now half Australian, half Welsh. But uh, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, look, I, I spent most of my most of my time, especially that those kind of formative years in football. Um, in, in being brought up in in the Reading Reading area, so um, I spent most of my time there, um, but still a very very proud Welshman. So, yeah. um, and and through that through that period, there was you know, uh, obviously there was uh, the, the local team was Reading, but uh, you know, I was uh, I was picked up quite early, um, and as a schoolboy at Fulham, and used to travel. Travel a couple of days a week to one of their uh, satellite centres at just outside London. Um, yeah, and I, I came, I, I came kind of through through that uh, that system there. And yeah, Fulham at the time were uh, were very active. They had a great youth set up there. And uh, yeah, so I, I was I came through there, and I was um, I got a good a good football education there. And they were yeah. they were known for being a team, not a massive team, but a team that played good football and, and and looked after their young players well so which is which is what they had to do as as they weren't a, a massive a massive club so they had to look after people 
really well. So uh, yes, um, and and I left I left school and went straight in and did a did an apprenticeship with Fulham back back in the days when you you were an apprentice professional footballer. So yeah. which is uh, yeah, which <laughs> cleaning, really cool. cleaning yeah. fair share of boots then yeah <laughs> cleaning boots cleaning changing rooms washing kit yeah we did a bit of everything washing the manager's car get, getting his right side. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff being all a, a part of that as a young pro does that give you any sort of a affinity with the uh, Melbourne Victory Academy kids I, I know you're a, a part of your role I think is, is working in with the academy as well. Yeah look um, it's I, I look at the the role I've I've had the, in the five years here um, with the W League being such a short season um, I'm involved with the W League for maybe six months of the year um, and involved with the academy boys for another six months. Um, although I've just, in my new role now, I will be staying completely with the, with the women on the, uh, for the whole of the, the whole of the 12 months now, it's just going to be completely focused on, on the, uh, on the women's side in the W League. But yeah, that it was a, a perfect job for me really, because, uh, I, I do, I do enjoy the the day to day, um, just the day to day um, workings of a, of the club, uh, setting the team up to win on the weekend. Um, yeah. That real kind of performance side of things, I really enjoy that. Um, but also, I really love the development side as well, and I enjoy uh, working with young players, um, seeing uh, just just really bright young players developing and getting better and better. So the job I've had for the last five years has been perfect for me. It gives me uh, yeah. six months of the year where you can really get down to focusing on setting your team up, winning games. And then you get another six months where you can, you know, really uh, look at development and individual development and tr- hopefully trying to help players uh, get make themselves better. So, yeah, it's been, uh, and yeah, look, I think, um, the experiences I had as a young player and the uh, number of people that helped me along the way um, and really, really had uh, big influences on me as a, as a young player. I just want to, yeah, uh, I want to, want to do the same and maybe, yeah, have a bit of an influence on some of these younger players lives and try and try and help where I can. Good on you. Good on you. Congratulations to down here in Melbourne today. Just announced that you've just um, been offered and, and accepted a new uh, two-year deal uh, at yeah. Melbourne Victory. So congratulations. Wonderful reward for for uh, a fantastic season um, for Melbourne Victory women um, after a, another piece of silverware in the cabinet. So congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Look. Uh, yeah. I'd, uh, it's been a. It's been a. A great season this this year. One of the most enjoyable ones for me um, in in all my years of fo- at, um, in football. But yeah, look, I'm I'm really happy to be committing to the club again. I say since I've been here, five years I've been here. They've been the club's been fantastic. They've supported me with in every way that I've asked them. Uh, never said never said no to me. Um, and uh, yeah, look, it's you now we've had a, a premiership and. Uh, I think a, a second place last year and a, uh, and a and a championship this year, but I think people maybe forget that my first year at the club we finished rock bottom, so yeah. it could have all been over, you know, straight away. So look, the club, yeah. the club uh, backed me and um, obviously saw something in what I was doing that was going to, you know, that they could see that we were making some progress, not just around the. Uh, uh, the position on the league, and uh, yeah, so yeah, they've. Uh, it's 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 great to uh, to have got some success, and uh, it's great to uh, yeah, just just to commit to the club again for another couple of years. No, congratulations, mate. The the the, the women's program's been a shining light for Victory, which has obviously been a tough year or a tough couple of years for the club um, on and off the pitch. So all, all power to you. All right, let, let's jump in. Let, let's get uh, into your coaching journey a little bit more. Um, I, I know that you've now got a um, an AFC Pro license. 
but I think yes. you may have begun your coach education in the UK as you were finishing coming towards the end of your playing career. Yeah, yeah. We uh, it's funny. I uh, when I was at Reading, I got the opportunity through um, through an, an Aussie coach. Actually, it was there. I was I was under Mark McGee, Colin Lee, and, and uh, Mick Hickman came over as a as yeah. an assistant coach as well. And uh, uh, I just yeah I. I loved I loved the way Mick was around the players and got uh, got pretty friendly with him and yeah he he kind of got me got me started with the coaching and gave me the opportunity to start working with some of the younger lads and some of the teams in the uh, with at Reading and uh, yeah he, I was uh, I was then I, I think three 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 players myself a guy called uh, a player called Darius Dovchak who's a uh, really uh, Polished uh, um, Polish international he was at the time, and and Dylan Kerr. We we went and started our uh, our C licenses or the equivalent to our C licenses then while we were playing, um, and then I carried on and did my UEFA B over there as well uh, before moving. Yeah, before getting a move to um, as a player still in the when I was thirty three, thirty four in the over to. Over to Malaysia, and uh, yeah, so I, uh, I had my UEFA C and B, and yeah, when I uh, I then moved to to Gibbsland, just most probably for for a, one year. To I probably thought I'd come over and play in the old NSL and have one last year at 34, um, and uh, then go back to the UK and finish off my badges over there. But uh, we we enjoyed ourselves so much. Um, yeah. That, um, yeah the, my wife and the kids enjoyed Australia so much that we, uh, yeah, we we thought we'd stay another year, and we're uh, we're still here. Uh, here we are. I got I got to kind of thank Stuart Munro for uh, talking me into coming over. Actually, Stuart, um, the one most probably the funniest story is that he got me to believe that um, Morwell was one of the outer suburbs of Melbourne. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I must have wanted to come quite badly and. Uh, uh, yeah, we we had uh, we had some really good times in Morton and Tralgan, um, but yeah, it was uh, it was a lot longer the journey from the airport to Morton than I than I'd expected. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is a wee drive down there still. Um, yeah, the freeways are maybe a little bit better, but it's still a still a decent drive. That's right, and Jeff. I, that um, did did you have any inkling that the your the end of your playing career at Morwell might lead into that initial, I think, player coaching or player managing at the start because Stuart went off to coach um, Carlton in, when they kicked off in the NSL, I think, yeah? Yeah. Look, I didn't I didn't have any any thoughts about that at all when I went to the club, but after a, after a few months, Stuart was down there kind of on his own doing everything and yeah, you know, I, I I found out when I took over the job the following year that you know the, the head coach basically does everything around the place. It's a it's a it's a it's a tough gig, but yeah. a great learning environment. And yeah, look, I Stuart asked me if I could if I could give him a hand just to take a little bit of the workload. I didn't do a huge amount, but uh, yeah. just take a bit of the workload off him. And so I was I was more than happy to do that. Um, um, and yeah, look, when he then got the Carlton job the the year after, um, then I, uh, I I was I was offered the job. I think Stuart had a little bit to do with that as well, um, yeah. recommended me for it. And uh, yeah, I took over the job down there, and it was a uh, yeah, it was a real a real eye opener. Um, yeah, it's as a as a professional player, you you think you you work. You think you work hard and, and life is tough, but <laughs> until you start coaching, you don't realise that. Uh, yeah, what a what a fantastic life you've lived for the last sort of eighteen, twenty years. And uh, yeah, it was. Um, I I can remember just some of the things that I did in that job. I I think before one of the NSL games, I was I was driving around Gibbsland trying to get um, green food dye because the uh, we needed to uh, we wanted to. Bring the pitch in, uh, or I wanted to bring the pitch in to uh, uh, to the minimum the minimum um, spec to uh, hopefully uh, have a bit of an effect on the uh, on the team we were playing, and uh, 
I had to drive around Gippsland all day trying to get um, green food by so we could uh, uh, get rid of the, the white lines uh, that were showing. It's, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. I love it. It's, it's, uh, it's amazing, isn't it? As a as a, um, a pro player, you think you know all about football and until the minute you take on a, a coaching role and then you realise you just don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and look, as well, I think, uh, I think that... The role of a coach is, is so is so wide as well. Um, it's not just you know getting out there and coaching for an hour and a half once a day. Um, uh, you know, there's there's so much that's involved. Um, and yeah, look, it's it was a it was a, a fantastic learning environment for me. Um, learning about how to deal with players, how to deal with uh, a team that's wasn't successful as well you know we were yeah. we were a very competitive side but we weren't a successful side and uh, you know having to deal with the psychology side of things and how to motivate the players when you know they haven't won for for five or six weeks um, yeah. I learned so much around around there um, learning to you know the last the last year I was there um, dealing with a, a team that was going into into receivership as well, so you know it's there's a, uh, and then you got to deal with the with the real with the people with with your players as people rather than as footballers as well, you know, uh, players that maybe haven't paid their mortgage for uh, for a couple of months because they haven't been paid. It's, uh, yeah. So yeah, it was um it was a it was a tough few years, but it was a really enjoyable few years and something that's I think has has really shaped me as a coach. Um, in terms of the way I do things now and uh, yeah. the way I behave and the way I maybe interact and treat and treat players and people now. So that, that first opportunity was really important in helping shape the coach that you are today? Yeah, for sure. Um, look, I've I, I got to say that I'm, I'm a completely different coach now. Um, um, I was more – I was much closer to the – the player I was as a coach back then, um, yeah, maybe a little bit, uh, well, headstrong. I had very strong beliefs in the way things were done. Um, I'd give my opinion and tell people a lot more than, you know, let them make, take a little bit of them, uh, get a little bit more back from the players. Yeah, look, I, and I was quite, I was quite loud and quite aggressive as a coach. Um, and yeah, yeah I can. Yeah, you know, I learned. I learned. Probably that's probably not the the best way to get the best out of your players. So, because uh, uh, I think uh, I still get loud now, but I think it's very it's very rarely I do, and it's yeah. you know it's something that you've got to must probably be very careful in how you how you talk to players and how you treat players. There's got to be a real consistency about about myself as a coach and the way that I communicate with players. Um, I can't be kind of up and down. I think uh, uh, your players have got to know and trust trust you and trust that they know you well. And uh, you know, by yeah, kind of uh, losing your head and getting into situations where you, you maybe let a little bit of uh, frustration and anger come out, I think you've, uh, yeah, you, you kind of lose... Lose the lose the respect and lose the trust of your players. So I think uh, yeah. that's probably what I learned through that period was that it's probably relationships, your player coach relationships is, is most probably the most important thing. Um, and once you once you've got a good relationship with your players, and as I say, a good relationship with uh, players, then they they begin to trust you. Then they begin they 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 feel comfortable, and you, you then can uh, without that you don't get the best out of players and uh, yeah so yeah, it's uh, probably, probably true in every relationship that isn't it yeah a hundred percent yeah um and uh i say it's uh i think um whether you whether you're dealing with young players whether you're dealing with senior players um you know young players have got to feel safe around you in the in the in the environment um yeah. if, you know they got to be feel safe to, to speak to you, to to give their opinions, 
Um, and it's, I think it's the same with it, with anyone really. Uh, yeah. You uh, you got to you got to build that build that relationship, build that respect, and uh, yeah. once you've got that, then I think you'll you then get the best out of your players. Um, and Jeff, it doesn't matter. On, yes, sorry to come across you. On, on that point, do you think that you coach differently with boys and men as opposed to girl, young girls and women? Is there, is there a conscious change in you as a coach or is that what you've learned works across both spectrums? I think it's, it's, um, it's something that works across both spectrums, like you say. I think, uh, I think I've, I've learned a lot um, since I've started coaching female players. Um, but, I, yeah, look, I, I, I think uh, I, I, I hate kind of oh, – I say hate. I, I don't like to um, just to, to make generalisations and say, oh, like, oh, I coach females, this is how I coach males. And uh, I think I think – in general, in, in coaching male and female, there's more similarities than differences, really. You know, and uh, yeah, I, I just think, yeah, look, I think you, for me, it with female players, I feel the only thing I, relationships are really important with male and female players, but I think I have to maybe just work a little bit harder with our female players and maybe invest a little bit more time. Um, and energy into into the relationships, but I feel when I do do that, that I get a huge amount back as well. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's uh, it's um, yeah, look, it's something that I, I I kind of swear by now, and that's that's I, I, I see that as most probably the most important thing. I, I look at two things most probably in my coaching is is relationships and 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 environment, uh, mm. but I, I think the relationship. Is the first thing you've got to you've got to build those relationships. You've got to you've got to have a good understanding of who the players are. I think you, I think you, you need to. We spend a lot of time learning about the person, not just the player. Um, and I think once once you get that relationship and you get that trust, and then players will open up to you, and they're um, they're then then I think I I, I hope that. Um, when I speak to players that I've got good relationships with, when I have to, I have to at times be critical with them. Um, they understand it's either to make them a better player, to help them as a player, or it's to to help or make the team better. It's not a personal thing, um, and I, I think uh, without without the good relationship to. Um, um, in, in, the, in the first place, I think then sometimes that message is lost and, yeah, and and then, yeah, that's where maybe um, relationships break down and, you know, you talk about coaches losing the, the changing room and things like that. It's uh, I think that that's kind of where it starts from. From a coaching perspective, which, which coach had the most influence on you when you were playing and why? Uh, most probably there's it's a really interesting one. I, I, I worked with some some good coaches, and it's probably uh, I had a it's probably a youth team coach, Terry Mancini, um, who was uh, an ex Arsenal and uh, uh, Northern uh, Republic of Ireland international. Um, he he really. I had him as my youth team coach at Fulham and he really taught us a lot about what it took to be a professional footballer. Um, he was a real passionate guy and, um, yeah, he, he, he really um, shaped my work ethic and, you know, and just, just my character really um, in terms of never giving up. You know, when, the make, when you make mistakes, it's always uh, – it's. Don't think. Don't think back. Think. Thinking. What's coming next? Um, um, and also, you know, he he taught me a huge, huge amount about the game as well as as a, you know, as a defender. Um, I, I was a right back back in those days, but and converted into the central uh, central defence after that. But he he had a real 
uh, I say influence on me as a my character and and just an understanding of knowing what I needed to do first of all to to get myself a pro contract and then to stay yeah then it's kind of day by day you uh you have to you have to turn up every single day it's uh and and just uh okay don't think about what's what what you did yesterday think about what you're going to do today and and tomorrow so um he had he had a massive influence on me um probably ray harford as well he was a um ray Ray went on, left Fulham, and he went on to Blackburn. And I think he he worked under Kenny Dalglish when they when Blackburn won the Premiership. Uh, he was the first coach that I really looked at and thought, "Wow, he was giving us something different um, the, in the way that we played, the way that we set up." Um, and yeah, he uh, tactically was very very smart, and I, he got me thinking a, a different way about the game and. Yeah. So Ray was, uh, yeah, again a very, a very astute, a defensive coach, and just the way that he set the team up uh, from the front through the middle at the back. He was that was probably the first, uh, the first coach that I, you know, I'd looked at and thought, wow, this guy's got a, a whole of whole of team approach, and we, you know, you, what your strikers are doing, you know, bears some relation to the the midfield line behind, and then. We've yeah. got to we adjust, and you know when the team is in different parts of the different parts of the parts of the field, we defend in a different way, showing inside in different areas of the field, uh, and linking linking that to then what we did when we won the ball as well. Um, you know, so he was he he was a very very smart coach, and not a, not a great surprise that he went on to to bigger and better things um, further on down the line. Um, and then most probably Steve Koppel was a Steve Koppel as a manager was another one who what I learned from him was again I, I didn't I enjoyed playing at Palace because when I was at Crystal Palace um, uh, we we played a very direct game we played back to front and we uh, as a as a central defender, I was really restricted in what I could do. There was no uh, there was no freedom to to express yourself. It was this is what you do when you get the ball. This is where you yeah. pass it to. You pass into these areas, um, but very very uh, again very very structured in the way we did things, um, but very very successful as well. He knew mm. he knew the players he had. Um, and most probably, definitely, I'm, I'm looking at the team we had. We had Ian Wright, Mark Bright up top, and it was basically get the ball into that area, keep it in that area, and then get the ball to, to these guys. And the more that we can do that, the more opportunities they're going to make and the more goals we're going to score, the more games yeah. we're going to win. And, uh, yeah, so it was um, – it most probably wasn't the most enjoyable um, – most enjoyable time that I had playing, but as a professional player, you want to win, and yeah. you know, we 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 won. We got up into the into the top into the top league the following season, and yeah, played got to play against your Liverpool's, your Man Uniteds, and because of because of the way that you know uh, yeah. because of the structure of the team, and again, that's something that's kind of stayed with me as well. Um, you know, so I, I took a I took a, a fair bit from from a number of uh, a number of the coaches, and and then even going going forward to the Reading to the Reading period, um, Reading was the complete opposite. But again, under Mark McGee and Colin Lee, we we played with uh, freedom. We played, yeah. uh, but he told he would say to us, we we want to play out from the back. We want to build up. We want to play through the midfield, and he had a, a again another real strong plan, but it was the complete opposite to what I've done at at, uh, at Crystal Palace. And yeah, it was um, I enjoyed playing there. I felt at Palace I wasn't really valued or rated by the by the manager, but that because uh, anyone can do that job. You're yeah. doing it at the moment, but if you don't do it, 
I'll get someone in that can do it. Uh, so, yeah. But at, at, at Reading, I was I was valued as a as a player, yeah. and yeah, and I kind of I'd kind of look at those two periods and both very successful, but what what did I enjoy as a player? And you know that's kind of shaped the way I do things. I I want to play as a as as a coach. I want to I want to make my players feel good. I want to make my players feel valued. And I want to play a style of play that they'll they'll enjoy, but yeah. also I understand as well, especially being at being at Victory, got to win as well. So, uh, so yeah, there's a there's a there's a balance to be to be um, to be reached. But I guess I feel if if I do the way I want to play, and if I do that. Properly, if I get the right players to do that, then uh, we will be successful, and we will enjoy playing the game. And because of that, people will enjoy watching us as well. Yeah, is it is a part of that? I've asked this question a couple of times because I, I actually heard the question framed on a on a business podcast. But um, as a professional coach, there's a big difference between aspiration and capability. And, and maybe that sort of explains the difference between uh, Crystal Palace and Reading. I'm, I'm not quite sure whether that's a coaching philosophy or a necessity, necessity of this is how we want to play. Um, yeah. But, but this is, these are the assets, these are the players that we've got to work with, and mm-hmm. this is who we're playing against today. Can we, can we play? We want to play like Barcelona, um, mm-hmm. but do we have the capability to play like Barcelona because today we're playing... Yeah, no, look, I, I I agree with that, and it's um you know I think you um as as a coach um you got to look at the you got to look at the players that you've got, and you've got to you know um, if you if you're if you're a clever coach you 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 adjust and you adapt to the players that you've got um, in front of you. Um, yeah. so if you if you've got a, a Jeff Hopkins at the back, you. Yeah, most probably the best idea is to to get the ball to him and get him to play with as few touches as possible. But if you <laughs> if you've got a, a PK or a, something like that at the back, then you, you 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 can you can play you can play and yeah. you can you can play a different way. And yeah, look, I, it's, it's funny you should say that because uh, I I I think the way I want to play is quite a. I'm I'm pretty. I'm very sure of the way I want my teams to play. Um, but as I, I guess the W League is is a is a is a funny environment as well because you know we're we're trying to do things differently and sign players on multi-year contracts so we get a bit of continuity of players. But yeah. it's, it hasn't always been like that. And at times you're you're rebuilding a team from right from from zero to twenty. 20 players in the squad. So yeah. although you want to play a certain way, sometimes you don't get the exact players that you want or you're bringing players in that you you still don't understand fully their capabilities. So our, our W League season is always a little bit of a journey. And yeah. I think by the end of the season, we're always playing the way that we want to in, in the style that we play. But at, yeah. at the beginning of the season, sometimes, well, I think every year that we've been here, we've we've had to build towards something at the end of the season. Now, yeah. um, um, as you get to know the players and you get to know the capabilities of the players um, or the full capabilities of the players, because uh, you never really know them until you get them and, and you're there and you're working with them, um, then, uh, yeah, I think then we, you just... Build and build and build towards the way that you want to play. Um, yeah. I think if your if your recruitment's right, uh, which ours so far as, as, as being good, you, you've got a pretty good idea of what the capabilities of these players are. Uh, um, but sometimes you just need to just need to uh, tweak the team and, and just the way that you play and, and maybe build week on week. Um, and again, again, hopefully that the say relationships and then the environment's got to be right. Your training environment, you've got, you hopefully you've got the 
the right sort of players to with that kind of growth mentality that they want to get better each each day and each week um, and then you can you can build towards something and I suppose the way that um, that we that we play in, in Australia with with uh, the premiership being important but the grand final being of most importance that you you can kind of you can that kind of works well in the W League because uh, yeah you can you can build build things up and uh, get a bit of a head of steam on from yeah. you know it doesn't matter if you have if you if you're not right at it in the first the first few weeks of the season you can start to build something uh, towards yeah. the final. Yeah, you you touched on this a little bit before, but how has your coaching changed over the journey? Um. Look, I, I guess I've I must probably been through a few uh, just a, a few changes in, in what I in what I do. Um, like like I say, I think uh, definitely my coaching manner has changed. Um, uh, again, I a lot of the stuff now I do is is is, is quite player driven. I think that our players get. Uh, I hope. Well, I hope they hope they do anyway. Uh, this is the way I, I, uh, they they get a little bit of the same what we're doing and how we do things. And yeah, I do. I do speak to players. I do go out there and actively seek their feedback from what we're doing. Um, I, I think I've got a, a clear way that I want to play, but the players really need to buy into that. Um, and I think you know, early on when I was doing things, I. Did things because that's the way I wanted the wanted them done, and the players need to yeah do do as I say. <laughs> but yeah, I guess on the on that side of things, I've become yeah bring bring the players in and uh, bring the players into uh, into the decision making around what we do and how we do it um, as much as I can. Um, uh, but I guess. The other thing is as well, again, from coming straight into the game, from playing to coaching, uh, like I said before, there's so much, there's so much that you don't really understand that needs doing, and especially if, if you've, you've you've got maybe four sessions a week to to set a team up, you know, you, you've got a, the organisation of your of your training sessions, um, you know, you've got to touch you've got to touch upon all areas of the all areas of the team. Um, in all areas of the field leading into a game, it's uh, it's it's very very difficult and most probably, yeah. Going back to what I was like in the first, well, in that first period I was coaching, I was I was missing out so much, and you know, you you focus on what you feel are the main things, and then yeah, then there's there's lots of holes appearing, and, and I think it's uh, look, I, I I've really got to say that the the education i got on my a license and my pro license was a, has been a really um has been a really valuable experience for me um watching watching other good coaches work um yeah just uh, say the the a license and the pro really really kind of uh yeah got me thinking a little bit more deeply about the game and yeah, yeah. the organisation of your team and um, how you how you scout other teams. Um, yeah, so I most probably I'm a much more organised coach now. Um, okay. I hope that I yeah look there's, there's there's times when you when you you know when I jump back to keeping things as simple as I possibly can. Uh, yeah. I think sometimes there's, there's and maybe given a little bit less information, but in general, I think, um, yeah, I try to give as much information to the team as possible, get them as well prepared as possible. Um, um, but also, it's probably in a, in, a, in a way where understanding that the players players as well are all different, so a number of them needs. Some of the feedback in some of them need individual feedback after the session. Uh, they need visual stuff before and after the session. Some of them don't like 
too much information. So just getting to know your players, how they how they want to receive the information, um, and then you know just working hard with your with your support staff to make sure that you know they get what they need before the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More individualised. Yeah, like like that. You're listening to The Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and Making Media, the podcast professionals. Today's guest is Jeff Hopkins, head coach and newly appointed for another couple of years, uh, coach and uh, championship winning coach of Melbourne Victory Women. Um, we're having a great chat about his coaching journey. So, Jeff, what is coaching? Uh, well, it's a, most probably, let's say it's, it's, a, it's a real... It's a real wide sort of real kind of gamut of, of things but uh i guess in terms f- for me I, I think it's quite simple i think you you're bringing players into an environment and i think it's got to be a learning environment and for me i think if i'm coaching successfully players are getting better players are learning it's got to be. I think it's got to be a uh, an environment where where you're learning and, and improving. Um, so, I guess uh, flipping that up, you've got to be teaching. And like I said just before, there's I think there's got to be uh, an element of the team and growing the team and getting the team better and improving all elements of the team. But also, I think. What I've kind of learned over the years is that um, within that team, there's uh, you've got a group of individuals that um, that you've got to yeah you've got to get through to. So, say so the way that you the way that you communicate with players, the way that you get your message across is that's probably the most important thing. Um, yeah. Again, there's a lot of and I, I I don't always get it right. But I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect by a long way, but because uh, I, I often I do, I do sit back and uh, look at myself. At times I think, oh wow, what have you what have you done there? It's completely it's completely wrong. Yeah. But yeah, look, gotta 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 realise that you've got different players that you know you got to give the visual ones. You got you got to let them see what they're doing. Some of them you got to you got to sit down and talk to them and draw pictures you gotta um yeah some of them like i say don't don't want a huge amount of uh information they want to they want to do it they want to see it on the field and that's that's that that's enough for them uh yeah. so yeah i think it's for me it's uh an environment when, where people are learning coaches are teaching and uh everyone's getting everyone's getting better and that's uh uh say Coaches are teaching, but coaches are learning as well. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity to learn every day, that's for sure. No, I like that a lot. Thanks, mate. On that vein then, keeping that going, you mentioned you've, um, your coach education began in the UK, uh, mm-hmm. finished in Australia and, and Asia. Have you had uh, either formally or informally a coaching mentor along the way, someone that you can trust and relate and bounce ideas off? Uh, it's probably not really. I, 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 I'd say most probably not. No, it's uh, and that's most probably something I just probably wish. Well, not most probably. Definitely, I wish I could have. Uh, um, I guess when I when I first came over to Australia and really started to coach, um, it was most probably the. When I got to, to Gibbsland, I was in the NSL. That's much probably where I needed, most probably needed a uh, needed a mentor then. And uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, I guess what I what I had to do then is what I've done then is uh, gone off and tried to find out information myself, reading yeah. articles and yeah, um, speaking to just speaking to different different people and trying to take things on board. Yeah, look. Yeah. Uh, it's probably if if there's one thing you ask me that I would would have liked to have done and done better, and that's would have been fantastic to have somebody that I could have 
could have just picked the phone up and say, hey, this, this is happening. I don't know what to do. You know, what, can you give me can you give me a little bit of advice or just just to bounce a few things off? Um, um, I, I know. Look, I, I do I do that with with my with, with my assistant coaches. I've got a great assistant coach at the moment, um, Gareth Turnbull. Um, that we you know we bounce things off each other all the time, and uh, it's great for Gareth because he he um, he won't. He's not the type of person that will just nod his head and agree. He'll He'll throw a few questions back at me, and yeah, it's it's a it's a really good good environment that we've got at the moment. But uh, yeah, it's probably something I haven't done. Um, I've kind of, if I've had problems, I've gone off and tried to you know, read up on those problems and try and yeah. fix them. And probably how, how about other. Sorry, Jeff. How about other sports? Have you have you ever uh, do you read or have you have you looked at other team based sports? Other Coach leaders that are out there and and Nick yeah, that's and probably a good a good environment. I was in I was in the um, the Queensland Academy of Sport, um, looking after the female the women's program up there for for three or four years, and yeah. I, I really enjoyed that because I was in the office with all the uh, with all the different different coaches. So yeah, look, I did uh, I did um, it was funny <laughs> team. One of the teams that I, I got quite friendly with one of the coaches that was the uh, it was the uh, the water polo teams which had, had no uh, uh, and and the, and the hockey and, and the swimming coaches and so there were there were a number of things that I picked up from there and look mm. a lot a lot of a lot of it you know even from the swimming coaches there how meticulous they were about their about their training and they spoke about their, a gold medal will be lost by a hundredth of a second. So you know they used to they used to equate that to the training year. You miss you miss one session, and that's a hundredth of a second that will lose you a gold medal. You know, and yeah, just uh, just some some of the things I picked up there. It was a really a really good environment to uh, to learn. Um, yeah. yeah, it's uh, but most probably no. I, I again. Most probably, there's no, there's no other sport that I've kind of jumped into and thought, wow, this is a, I can we can learn learn a huge amount from this. Yeah. I think those I, I like you. I had, uh, spent a couple of years at the AIS, and we used to do, yeah. you know, had the opportunity to have all those other sports around, mm -hmm. and um, the sharing of of ideas um, was just. I think coaches by nature, because they are teachers, I'm guessing, are, normally seem really happy having conversations and, and sharing, whether that's formal or, or informal. But, but it, you know, I think elite coaches at any level have a capacity to be able to offer up information to people, don't they? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So why do you do it? Why are you a coach? God, look, I love what I do. Um, I've been since it's funny since i've since i was 16 i've either been playing football or coaching football uh, i've had a, a short period at the end of uh when like i said earlier that uh gibbslands when i was down in gibbsland the uh the team went into into receivership i was out of work for uh for maybe a, a month or so um I went. I started a teaching degree at that time, um, but then I was still working uh, part-time coaching. Um, the uh, I actually, while I was there, one of the directors at Gibbsland was. Uh, he offered me uh, some work in the coal mine, so in the open cut mine, and I uh, I did two weeks of twelve-hour shifts in the coal bunkers uh, at Luoyang B or something like that, and. Uh, that um, that was enough to realise that. Uh, hang on a minute. Some people actually have to work for a living. Um, <laughs> yeah. So look, I just I I just I love the game of football, and I've just been so lucky to uh, to be able to to work in the, in the game. Um, yeah. And yeah, look, I, I realise how lucky I am to be uh, to be able to coach full time. In the position I am at the club I am, and uh, yeah, um, I kind of get up every day, kind of making sure that I uh, 
I stay in this this position as long as I can by working as hard as I can to to keep yeah. things keep things going. But yeah, yeah, look, I guess it's the simple answer to that is I love I love the game of football and uh, I just want to stay in it for as long as I can. Good on you. I like that as well. You, you mentioned uh, in the chat a couple of times you're working at um, Gippsland Falcons and, and they go mm-hmm. into receivership. You mentioned. Yeah being at Melbourne Victory as the head coach and finishing bottom uh, mm-hmm. one season, maybe a couple of seasons along the journey. Um, they're, they're never pleasant times, losing a job, um, struggling with the with you know the performance of what's going on. Yeah. How important is it, do you think, for coaches to develop resilience, uh, on, obviously on a personal level, and, and then hopefully to be able to help teach that? Yeah, look, it's... I think uh, that's what do, what do they say? You're not a real coach until you've been sacked. So uh, it's, uh, yeah, look, it's it's going to happen to you some some at some stage. And look, I don't think you can go through your um, uh, I don't think you can go through your, your coaching career and, and and not hit hard times. And look, I think it's it's, it's part of the it's part of the coach's life, and it's got to be part of the coach's um, kind of armory that they mm-hmm. they need to be. Uh, one, they need to be able to cope through those times because they need to be a leader through through tough times. You know, mm. you know your team's struggling, you're losing a few games. You've got to you've got to know how to handle that. You've got to know how to lead people out of those situations. Um, and I guess there's going to be times when you do a you do a really you do a good job at that, and yeah, and you and you. And, but you're still not going to be successful. So, yeah. for you as a as a as a as a coach and a person, you need to understand that uh, yeah, look, there's going to be times where you're going to have to lead yourself out of those situations. And look, it's it's hard because you know it's in those periods where uh, where you are going through a tough period. That's when you when you question yourself mm. the most: Am I doing the right thing? What else can I be doing? Um, and it's it's yeah I think it's most probably a time where you need to kind of back yourself and back your judgment and say right I gotta I gotta I gotta be strong and stick with uh, stick with what you believe. Um, for me, I, I think I, I was quite lucky. Uh, I came through some quite hard times at, at an early age as a player. I was when I was at Fulham. I was. I was released as a player, told I wasn't good enough, um, and then was given six months to go away and sort myself out. And uh, I came back to Fulham then as a as a sixteen year old, and uh, yeah, had to just fight for a place. And yeah. I kind of, like I said, the coaches I had at that time built that little bit of toughness into me, and they they explained to me that. Yeah, look, yeah, everyone wants to everyone wants to have the glamorous side of uh, of professional football, but that's not what it's like. It's a it's a grind, and it's a you know it's a day to day thing. And if you don't perform, then you know odds are that yeah you won't play. And if you're not playing, you're no good to the club, and so you won't. You, your next contract's gone. So um, yeah, and it's it's the same as a coach, but again, the difference. With the coaching side of things, is is you you are leading people, so you need to you don't need to just look after yourself, but you need to be able to convince others around you and lead people around you uh, when times are hard. So yeah, it's uh, that that resilience um, is is really important, um, and it's uh, sometimes it's a, it's a tough thing to it's a tough thing to have, and you know you can't. Even the most, the toughest, most resilient people go through their their low their low spots, and it's uh, you know, I guess uh, for me, I, I try and uh, I try and surround myself with with really good people, with people I know that are, uh, that can support me and can you know, if I'm having a bad day, which I I often do, then I can I can lean on Gareth and say, hey mate. 
I need you to step up today. And, and yeah. when you've got good people around you, um, that, that that can be the that's that's often the case. And I say this year was a was a good example of it. That you know, with COVID and the uncertainty of the season, and you know, there was so much going on that you know sometimes you get up and you think, oh, what's going to happen today? And you know, you you go in and you you haven't got the energy that you normally have, and you know it's uh it's just times that you say, right, I've got to I've got to put the face on and I've got to not show the people around me that uh, that I'm feeling that way. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, and when you've got good people around you as well, sometimes you you get away with it because you say, Gareth, I need you today. You you drive this today. I'm I'm lacking a bit of energy, or you know, I'm you know, I've got other things that I need to do. So um, yeah. It's it, but it, but it's a tough one, and it's it's definitely uh, it's a quality that if you look at the the top coaches around the world, then they've got they've got a, a, yeah, they've got this real resilience and this ability to just shrug shrug things off and just keep driving forward, and that's uh, yeah. Hopefully, I've, I've got a little bit of that somewhere every now and again. <laughs> Good on you. All right. On, on the flip side of that, then, what have been some of your most enjoyable moments as a coach? Look, again, most probably a couple of, couple of things make me really happy as a coach. Obviously, winning games and uh, actually winning championships, and that's been great. And as a, as a coach, there's nothing better than to have put a plan into place um, in a game, and then it, it comes off, and, and you win the game, and you, everything goes well. Now, when you you kind of multiply that by the amount of games that you play, and when you win a championship, it's uh, um, and then yeah, you as as a coach as well, it's not just it, it's not just that internal thing for you. It's it, you're then happy because you you know. All your assistant coaches and your and your staff, we've we've all worked together to put this together, and that's really really pleasing. And then then you look at your players and how happy they are, and and then you kind of realise as a head coach, oh, this is this is great. We've put all this we've put this together, and you know together we've achieved this this great thing. And, and, and this year was was as special to me as any any championship one as a player or, or as a coach because there was a lot a lot going on this year a lot of a lot of upheaval and we 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 came together as a group at the beginning of the season we kind of said look this season is going to be up and down we're going to have things thrown at us but can we stick together and look after each other can we deal with what's in front of us and if we can do that we've we've got a good opportunity to uh to go a long way this year, and I was really proud of the way that um, that our staff pulled together and looked after the team, and the way that the team looked after each other and looked after us as well. And it was, uh, I think, that was a that was kind of one thing that I, I, I really to talk about things that I really love about the job. That yeah, that uh, that was as good as it's been for me in in the years that I've been playing and coaching. Um, most probably the other thing then is is that obviously the uh, just seeing seeing players improve and get better and and move on to uh, to, to bigger things and uh, we've we had a I've I've worked with Angela Beard for the last left our left back and our captain I've seen her grow and last year she was amazing as a captain her first year as a skipper put a lot into it and. Uh, uh, unfortunately, when players play that well and they uh, and they get noticed, she's we've had to. Well, she's she's moved on this year. Um, yeah, she's heading, heading over to Europe, but, um, and it's a it's a sad thing for the club and for me as a coach. But it's also a real proud. Yeah. I feel really proud of her and really, yeah, just uh, yeah, I'm just really happy for to see her get into where she deserves to get to and, you know, seeing players achieve their goals as well and getting to play somewhere they've wanted to 
to play for the last maybe 10 years since she's been working towards that. And that's, that's really rewarding for me as a, as a coach as well. So uh, it's nice to be, a, be able to have some, some sort of uh, just a little, little part to play in that. Yeah, that's great. You're listening to The Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coach Australia and Making Media, the podcast professionals. We're with Jeff Hopkins, head coach of Melbourne Victory Women. And, Jeff, we're on the downhill run here, mate. You've done a great job. A C- couple of questions to go. Um, what are some of the valuable lessons you've learned along your coaching journey? Wow. Um, yeah, look, I think... Uh, I think... It's probably the the first thing is uh, it's probably the way that I've maybe changed, um, and the players have helped me to change. Um, I've I say when I came into the game uh, as a coach, it's probably twenty twenty plus years ago. Um, um, thinking that I I knew everything about the game. Um, uh, and within a very very short time, I realised I I knew a, what I didn't. I knew a lot. What I didn't know was a lot more than what I did know. Um, and it's uh, yeah. Look, it's it's been a a real a real good journey. Once once you kind of realise that, and you think right. I've got to change. Uh, it's been it's been really good for me to as a just just to look back and to see at some of the things that I was doing, some of the things that uh, that I'm not doing now, and some of the things I am doing that I wasn't doing back then. It's it's been uh, most probably looking back on the on the journey. Uh, um, kind of makes me feel that I've really grown as a as a person, as a coach, and that's that's really pleasing for me. It's something I, uh, I I try to do in terms of my coaching. I try to sit back and have a little look at things, uh, if if not on a, a daily basis, but maybe on a weekly and a, over the season and look at the things that I've that I've done well, things that things that I haven't done well, uh, and yeah, I, I I still I still look at things and and cringe some of the times, some of the things that I do still, um, but you know it's. It's when you reflect on what you do, and yeah, if you, it's not, it's not, uh, it's not in, it's not with want of trying to change things. So I, I'm, I'm always trying to trying to get a little bit better at different things that I'm that I'm doing. Uh, but it also kind of pleases me when I look back and think, yeah, I've I've moved closer to the the coach I want to be than the coach I was. So yeah, it's. Uh, Probably that's that's the one of the real things that I've uh, that I've I kind of feel good about myself in uh, mm-hmm. something that, that I've really learned. Um, and I say it's probably the one thing that really helped me is again when I, I spoke earlier about going going to uni and looking starting my, my teaching degree. That I've learned so much. Through that through that period of time, on mm. how to communicate with people, how to yeah just to to set set a good learning environment, and that that's really helped me kind of kick on from there as well. So I was yeah this was probably one or two of the things that I've uh, I've kind of learned, and yeah sometimes I uh, it's nice to say yeah well done I think you've uh, you've, you've done a right in that area there. Give, give yourself a pat on the back, mate. Yeah, sometimes, <laughs> you, sometimes you, you deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's great. Good, good, good on you. All right. Final thing, then, Jeff. If you had one piece of wisdom you could share with new coaches, beginning coaches, coaches part way through their journey, coaches that are experienced, what's one piece of wisdom that you'd share? Yeah, maybe, yeah, most probably a couple of things. Um, it's probably one would be what we've spoken about earlier is find someone you can talk to, find someone you can trust uh, and get yourself a mentor and because uh, that will that will fast track your development um, uh, 
to towards the coach that you that you that you want to be. Uh, yeah. um, especially someone that's experienced and's been through things, they can yeah look they've they've been through a lot of the things that you're going through and can kind of maybe like I say fast track you through. Um, you don't have to make all the mistakes that maybe that they've made. Um, yeah. They can they can maybe avoid a little bit of that. Um, and then let's probably just have a really open mindset, a growth mindset where you can, yeah, look, as soon as you start coaching, you realise that, like I said, you don't, there's so much that you don't know. Um, you've got to keep learning. Um, so you've got to set a learning environment for your players. But as coaches, we need to keep learning. And uh, say, so I've been at it now for 25, 30 years and still there's so much uh, there's so much still to be learned. The game, the game's evolving. The game's moving on, and you've got to keep up with it, and you've got to keep up with things. And uh, say, so if, if you've got that mindset where you you want to learn and you want to keep getting better, and then you've then you've got a chance. You've got you definitely got a chance. But yeah, get yourself a, a good mentor to help you, and a real <coughs> excuse me, a real open mindset to keep. To keep learning and keep getting better every day. Love that, mate. What a wonderful place to finish. Uh, really, really enjoy it. Thank you, Jeff Hopkins. You've been listening to the Football Coaching Life, a podcast brought to you by Football Coaches Australia and making media the podcast professionals. If you'd enjoyed our conversation with Jeff today, if you'd like to find out more about Football Coaches Australia, go to footballcoachesoz.org.au. More information, listen to a podcast. Buy membership, renew membership. You have a great day.